Perception. Perception is reality. Reality. Perception is reality. Reality. Some talk shows think all of their opinions are right. This one, this one knows they are. This is Perception is Reality. Christopher H. Bilbury is a no-nonsense, well, maybe a little bit of nonsense, political activist, local government watchdog, and all-around good Hoosier and God-fearing American citizen. Is this guy for real? Holding lawmakers accountable and educating citizens on the importance of participating in their local government with a dab of national and world politics and a little pop culture and maybe some real-life common sense. This is Perception is Reality. And this is Christopher H. Bilbrey. Well, hello there, folks, and welcome to this 170th episode of Perception is Reality. I am your host, Christopher H. Bilbrey. We are joined by co-host Amber Green. All right, all right, all right. Settle down, settle down. She's back. We get it. They act like they like when you're here or something. So moving on, we have an amazing episode planned for you. So as always, I'm going to ask that you share the show with everyone you know. Remind folks we can be found on all major podcast hosting sites. All they have to do is look for us by name. Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey. They can also look for us by going to the home link perception.fireside.fm again that is perception.fireside.fm or simply google the name or google bilberry podcast that's b-i-l-b-r-e-y podcast and one of those ways should get your people that aren't listening to us so they can listen starting today do not delay also don't forget to tell folks to check me out on facebook at facebook.com forward slash bilberry 318 or christopher h bilberry on facebook there i release live video episodes along with written content that you will not want to miss all right in this episode we're going to be talking about something that i've wanted to talk about for a while but just haven't gotten around to it And I think it's very important because people need to know that sometimes there are people out there that try to get you to listen to them, get you to participate in their content that they put out, and they make it seem as though they are trying to teach or trying to get people to engage in the community engage in politics engage with law enforcement and they're doing it in a very strange way in my opinion i get a lot of listeners who send me videos or links or stories about content creators who are who are engaging law enforcement and doing so in in a very different way These people claim that they are standing up for their freedoms, they're standing up for their rights, they call themselves auditors, they are either First Amendment or Second Amendment auditors, and they go to a place where there are law enforcement, they go to maybe the police station or city hall or a county building or a courthouse, or they go and walk around a park, and they're videotaping, 
and they might have a gun that they're open carrying, or they go and they walk around a government building videoing, and what they're attempting to do is get law enforcement or public officials to engage them, and then they say that they're auditing them to see if they allow those citizens to engage in their First Amendment right, or if they're using a gun, carrying a gun, if they allow those citizens to engage in their Second Amendment right. And these people generally are very combative, they are very argumentative, and they are in a fight, uh, an argument, with law enforcement or with the public officials, and people send these videos to me and say, look, this is similar to what you do, and I want to put a disclaimer out there. I don't think it's anywhere close to what I do because I'm not trying to be combative. There are times that I might get upset, I might get angry, I might raise my voice even, but I do that after attempting to utilize every bit of civility and calmness that I have. It's only after I've been pushed so far and had to deal with so much craziness that we might amp it up a little bit. I try not to start at 11, you know, that doesn't really give you any place to go. So I'm going to give you some examples of what I'm talking about. As soon as you hear it, you'll say, oh yes, I've heard or watched or seen videos like this. So we're going to listen to some examples and then we'll be able to dissect them and you'll get an understanding of what we're talking about here. Everything that I play, I will put in the description the link so you'll be able to hear them in this episode and then you'll also be able to find the links to these videos in the description of this episode 170 so you can also watch them on your own time as well. Go ahead and play cut number one now. What's going on guys? Coming at you live here. So listen... We are in Burlington, Vermont. We're in the city of Burlington, Vermont, and we came into the United States District Court Post Office. Okay? Now, the moment. So it sounds like he's setting us up, he's starting the recording, and we're going to listen to something that's happening, and we're going to witness something that's going on, okay? All right, not, not too bad yet. We entered. Now, this, here we go. We got Burlington PD. This is beautiful. Okay. I'll explain to you what happened in a minute. Oh, what do you mean, what happened? Hi, officers. You mean it's not going to happen on camera? Okay, what's going on? Um, so we came in through this entrance. Mm -hmm. uh, upon entering here, we did already understand that this is under CFR. Why weren't this is you recording? okay to record. We can't have any devices beyond that point. Yep. Uh, this officer identified, but uh, he's under citizen's arrest. I've already read him his rights. Yeah, this gentleman back under there citizen's arrest. Uh, immediately came beyond yeah. the metal detector and started giving us directives. We're not allowed to film. At that point, he came chest to chest with him, like chest bumped him, like made... made wait, 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 wait. Whoa, he chest bumped him. Where is that? Do you have that on video? This is the one thing I don't understand. All right. Anytime I record something that might be confrontational or I record something that I'm doing because I feel like there might be an issue and I want to make sure to record to protect myself, to protect them, and to have a documentation of what occurred, I start it 
from well before anything happens. I generally start the recording, I give the date and the time, and I give a location and a bit of background. I'm walking into the da-da-da City Hall building. I'm getting ready to walk into this meeting. I'm getting ready to make contact with these officials. I'm getting ready to talk to these law enforcement officers. And the date and time is da-da-da-da-da. That way you have what happens beforehand, and then I engage. I have what goes on on video or audio recording, and then I walk away and disengage and then give the date and the time again and shut the recorder off. Very seldomly do I start a recording in the middle of something and then walk you through what happened because at that point, it's like a he said, she said, I'm telling you what happened, but you're not able to hear. That's what I hate about this. They're talking about these officials getting mad at them walking in and recording why not play that recording for us? Did these people walk in with an attitude? Did they walk in saying something that they shouldn't have been saying, being out of control, yelling, being loud? What happened when they first walked in? Why are they just now starting this recording as it's already getting amped up after some interaction has occurred. I don't like that first and foremost. Sorry, let's go ahead and, and continue from there. Contact, pushing him physically out the door. I have video evidence of it all. Right now, you let's guys see it. are alive. Okay, he says he has um, video. So we all right, he says he has video. Why is he not playing this video for us? Let's hear and see that video. Arrest for assault and battery and disorderly conduct. Are you guys some kind of group or something? I'm sorry? You guys all together? Or yes, we, we, together? we are together, yes. What, what's your affiliation? Uh, I, don't, I don't have to give that up. Right now, I'm, I'm reporting. So the police officer says, what's your affiliation? They're trying to figure out what's going on here. These guys called the police officers to this building. So essentially, what we're seeing is we're seeing two or three guys inside of a courtroom and post office building. It looks like... I can't tell where they are at. It says, while attempting to conduct a First Amendment audit, we were attacked by a U.S. Marshal that admits he doesn't care about the Bill of Rights. All right. I haven't heard that so far. We might hear that later on. Let's continue on. Yeah, we, we can step outside to talk. Yep. Only because I don't want to block other citizens from coming in. So we called the police because so what of bring, what just what happened. What brings you to the courthouse, I guess, would be my first question. Okay, so that's a question I don't have to answer. Okay, this is a public building. Well, if, if you want me to investigate whatever allegedly happened here, you're going to have to answer some sort of question. Okay, so is this, this is a public building, correct? It's a, it's a so we're in. Okay, so I'm going to stop this right here, right, right, right here. What this guy is saying, the guy that's videoing is saying, is correct. He is inside a public building. He doesn't have to give any reason why he's inside this public building. He doesn't have to explain anything, and he doesn't have to answer any questions to be there. And yes, 
in any part of the building that he or anyone else from the public is allowed to be, he is allowed to record. He is 100% correct and within the rights and laws that he has and anyone else has. The problem here is he has called the police to allege something happening to him. The police get there because of his phone call and he wants to then bow up on the officers and not answer questions after he called them there. The police can't further investigate it if you don't want to give any answers to any questions. They're not here trying to get you in trouble and throw you in jail. They're trying to figure out why you called them here for this nonsense. Let's let's continue on. In, we're independent. We're independent journalists. We're independent journalists working on a story. So we came in working on a story. All right. So I um, people send me this stuff all the time, and they say, "Oh, you should be happy. They're doing the same thing you do." First and foremost, I don't do this. This is not what I do. I don't go around and waste people's time. When I am going into a building and I'm filming, it's because a meeting is going on and that's something I can clearly film or I'm trying to get to the bottom of something. These people just got out of their car, found a building and said, let's try to see if we can't stir up some trouble here. I'm not ever just driving down the road and think, hmm, let me pop into Winchester City Hall and see what they're doing. Let me pop into the Yorktown Town Hall and see what's going on. Let me pop in to the Indianapolis City County Building and see what kind of trouble I can cause. If I am someplace filming or recording, it's because... Something is going on, and I want to capture it to bring you all into the picture and make you all aware of what's going on within this government action. And if something happens and someone gets out of line, then it's recording. I don't just purposely try to make craziness happen. That's first and foremost what we need to say to differentiate between, say, what these people are doing and what I do. Let's continue on from here. Through this entrance, which is legal for us to record yes. for their CFR. Yes. So when we did, that's when he was assaulted in a public assaulted. place where there are no filming restrictions for conducting a constitutionally protected activity. So now he's under citizen's arrest. Well, he... You, you may feel that he's under arrest. He's not under arrest. Oh, he's not. Why is that? Because I'm not going to arrest anybody until I conduct an investigation. Oh, well, then that's, that's acceptable. Right. All right, so, fine. I mean, you know, we're, I'm not going to jump to that Do you want to see the things. video? I've got the video. Yeah, he's got the video. Well, I, you can show Let me us the video see in, a, in a minute. So, okay. In this sworn these officers that work in here. Are, are courthouse security. They're, I mean, they're hired. Correct, but here's the thing. They can't interfere with our First Amendment right in a place where it's protected. Okay. There's a sign so on the so wall. He's going to talk to them about whatever... His side of the story. So there's obviously two sides of the story. Yeah, this you know what? Camera, camera doesn't. He he actually was not here. The only gentlemen that were here was this okay. CFO and the other officer. But cameras don't lie. Maybe this guy does. But thank God for video proof. Okay. So 
I know you said you don't want to answer the question, but what, what was your purpose of entering the courthouse? What so I just said, we don't have to, first of all, we don't have to answer questions. Secondly, I told you, we're independent journalists yeah, yeah. working on a story. We were in the door, okay. and all of a sudden he's physically assaulting him. Okay, what's the story? I don't have to, I don't have to, I don't have to divulge that. It, 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 it's maybe it's really hard to ascertain what happened here when you're not No, because you know what? The reason that we're here, we're, we're citizens, right? Yep. Okay. We're in a public place conducting a constitutionally protected activity, filming a public building that's paid for by public tax dollars. Yep. We need no other reason other than we're exercising our rights. The issue right, of why we were right, here, right, 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 no right, right. Pause, 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 pause. You need no other explanation to be in this building. You need no other explanation to record. Now, the guy keeps saying that he has documentation and video proof. Why are we not seeing that? Okay, maybe the officer said he didn't want to see it. Maybe he looks at it here in a minute. We'll, we'll find out. But why are we not seeing that? That would let us know a little bit more about what went on and whether this is a big deal or not. What I would like to know is, yes, you have a right to be here. Yes, you have a right to film. Yes, you're correct. This is a public building. These are public employees, and it's all paid for by public taxes. But you were coming to the building for what? And I know he's not going to answer primarily because there was no point in being in the building other than what they created. This is simply a mess that they created. And this does not do anything to better situations. This does not do anything to teach anybody anything. This does not help relations between citizens and law enforcement. This does not help people understand what their rights are. What would be so much better than this would be if these people from this group, Accountability for All, would say, this is a public building. It is the courthouse. They're going to hold court in here, and you can also mail letters, because he said something about it being a post office as well. And if they would have said, we have some letters that we would like to mail, and we're going to walk in this public lobby, and we're going to record this, and we're going to show you what goes on in a post office, and they would have walked in and somebody would have became confrontational, then we would maybe see that. That might be something worth seeing. But all they did was found a building that they could walk into. They could say, we're not going to talk or answer any questions. That might make people feel uncomfortable. Look, and I get it. It doesn't mean that they have to answer any of these questions and just because someone feels uncomfortable doesn't give anyone a right to violate anyone else's rights but that might give us a little bit of understanding on what's going on here these people weren't here attending a meeting or or doing anything else that they have been hampered from doing other than trying to create content for likes and and for influence 
on social media. This doesn't do anything to further standing up for rights or to teach citizens how to better stand up for the rights. In my opinion, this shows citizens what not to do. Do not get this confrontational specifically when there's no point to what you're doing. If there's a point to what you're doing and something happens, okay, I understand that. Like, for example, when I go into a meeting and somebody wants to stop me and get my name and wants to know why I'm attending the meeting, that's something that's not okay, and it might be educational to show how I would deal with that. I would never get shitty. I would never raise my voice. I would never call anyone officer dickhead or anything like that. I would simply be polite and say, hey, this is a public meeting in a public building, and I don't have to give you my name and then we would go from there that might be educational what's happening here does not help the situation any any possible way let's continue on listening the issue is as soon as we walked in i think it does from a security standpoint though. okay so he's right so security policy begs to differ that hey listen the the bill of rights is on the wall there, it's constitutionally protected activity, and we have a sign literally stating the CFR that says you're fine to be right there doing what you're doing, but let me assault you. I, I'm not speaking to that portion of it, but I'm saying that the way that he reacted may have been, for one, why he's why he's. And then, then he shouldn't be working security. And that's what he. And you know what? You know what's even more to say, more so to say? He said he knew who we were and why we were there. So that, I, so I, don't, I, I don't know you, that's why I'm asking the question. So I'm going to go back in here and film this because we haven't been trespassed. Does anybody have like, ID that they'd like to provide? Oh, I don't need to. We'll, we'll let you figure yeah. I mean, did you ask him for his ID? No, you haven't? All right, let's figure out who's the, who's the criminal here. Thank you. There is a victim. If, if, you, if you ascertain your investigation that there's a victim. Uh. You want to give us IDs? No. No. Okay. That's what he's talking about. We don't know who you are. We can't investigate. Have you identified that gentleman? We try to identify you first. Okay, we have the assailant. Listen, listen. So, so we're clear. I, I don't think there's going to be any issue identifying anybody that works here. They're all federal employees, and I'm sure they're all going to cooperate with this investigation. Hundred percent sure that. Okay. Okay. For some reason, the sound has dropped out. I don't know why. If it was something that they couldn't play. We've lost sound. Their mouths are moving. So, so, okay, here we go. so he will identify only for the only for the purposes of being able to, to charge this individual. Not guarantee just because they identify right. it's a charge, though. That's just not where we start. We so it's, start it's, with... it's, it's on us to bring charges. It's on the state. So right, well, you guys do your investigation, and then we'll let you know how you're doing. Okay, well, that's not going to, I mean, whether your opinion is not going to dictate my decision. Well, here's the thing. Your main concern is that this piece of shit, you said, well, you know, he's a security guard, and maybe he just got, like, no, look at the Bill of Rights. You guys just sworn to defend that. It says right here that we can film, and if it didn't, I'd film anyways. You can't film in the courthouse. I'm not in the courthouse. It specifically says I can film right here. It's a CFR. And this is where we were assaulted for filming right here. No, but we didn't go past that. We stood right here. He was assaulted right here, and you know what the first thing I said to him was? Is this, the, I said, oh, this is in the post office? Is this the entrance to the post office? And then he came around and assaulted it. Can you describe the, like, what was the assault? Who, who, first of all, who was assaulted? Well, we don't know. He's, he's, he was assaulted. I was, so he came up to me and put his whole chest and put his hands on me and tried to smush. Uh, directs me towards there. See how... Out of assault, assault. Listen, maybe you don't find battery, but assault is the physical intimidation factor. Oh, battery. Let me explain the law to you as it pertains to Vermont for an assault. Either cause pain 
or you're in fear for that, you're if something didn't change, you're going to be assaulted. Enough <sighs> oh, of course you're in fear. We called you guys. Okay, but you didn't remove yourself from the situation, so you obviously weren't that scared. You still stayed. I had a criminal apprehended. Just because he's scared to death of my camera doesn't mean I'm scared to death of him. If I had to, I would have physically restrained him. See, you gotta watch your back here because we have patrons I mean, I obviously didn't place you in fear enough that you, you stood right We called 911 guy. What's your badge number? 394. 394. We called 911. Okay. All right? Okay. So if he, who are you to tell him? If someone comes up to you and says, hey, I got, I got raped. Who are you to tell them? Well, hey, listen, you know, we don't know if it actually like counts as rape. Maybe you weren't hurt enough. This guy was assaulted. Who are you to tell him how he feels? So there's different aspects that need to be met for a crime. To it meets assault. He was put in fear of imminent danger. But he, Why still, but he still stood here while that was happening. Because he's on film and we called the police. And at this point, I already told this guy he was under arrest. And if he put, if they put our hands on us, I would have dropped them. So, I think Barry would have been in the wrong, though. I don't okay. understand. No, I wouldn't have. Not if I'm defending my life, my liberty, and my pursuit of happiness. You I guys swore. As a police officer, that though it's, it's called to come investigate this would probably. Yeah, you know what usually happens when people that don't have a camera call the police? It's usually the people that call the police that are assisted and the criminals apprehended. Okay. But because we have a camera, yep. and you know what we got? Why don't you grab the complaint forms? We already got them. We knew that this was gonna happen, so I brought them with me. Oh. You know how many I brought? Five. Here we One, go. One, two, three, four, five. Cool. Who are you complaining to? Well, I'll let you know in a minute. You get the stripes. I'll let you know in a minute, Corporal. So now Here, what's happening is... Now, you're OIC, you're a Corporal. You're OIC. Uh, no, I don't. So he's OIC. No, Lieutenant is OIC. Right, if you, want, if you want a supervisor, come down here. Yeah, let's get a supervisor, man. Perfect. Awesome. So now what's happening is what we have found out is this is the reason that this happened. They went into this building. We're going to we're going to stop playing this. We're only 7 some minutes into it. It goes on for 20 more minutes. You can click in the description and listen to the rest of the video if you like. There's nothing more I need to hear. I just want folks to understand that this is a great example of something that is not helpful in any way. This is very similar to the people who walk along with their gun on a shoulder sling out in the open with the gun in their hands, and then they don't understand why they are stopped in a park and seven, eight, ten, fifteen police officers are there asking them what in the hell they're doing. Yes, you can carry a gun in the open, open carry. People do it. Generally, those people are farmers or cowboys or something. I don't really know what the point of open carry is, but if you are carrying around an AR, a 223 uh, 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 some kind of of rifle that is black and I look I'm not someone who gets all crazy and says assault white weapon assault rifle but that's what people call them an AR15 a 223 some kind of semi-automatic rifle that has a scope or has a light and has an extended magazine. Folks tend to get intimidated or scared. Now, that doesn't mean that your rights can be violated. However, the police do have obligations 
to investigate what you may or may not be doing. And so when they show up, it depends on how you act at that point, whether or not you have a peaceful or a confrontational interaction with the police. That's exactly what happened with these individuals here. They had an attitude and they were doing this strictly so that they could then file complaints on the police officers because they didn't feel like the police officers were acting in a way that they wanted the officers to act. You could hear him say that. We have complaint forms here, and we want to fill them out. It's ridiculous. This kind of stuff is not what I do. It is not helpful. It does not help people understand what their rights are. It does not help people understand how they should stand up for their rights. This is a great demonstration of what you should not do. So it might be beneficial in that way, but it doesn't do anything to help further the cause and to make us better informed citizens who know our rights, and it doesn't create conversations with the police that are helpful. It causes the police to look poorly on people like this and to lump everyone like this together, and it allows people to include me in groups like this, and I am certainly not anything like this. I want to talk about this further. We need to take a quick break. Let's do that. And when we come back, Amber and I will discuss this further. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the 170th episode of Perception is Reality. I'm Chris. She's Amber. We'll be right back. Folks, let me tell you about my friends at Reliable Plumbing Services, Mr. Mark Bolin and Miss Sherry Sheline. After 28 years experience, they can handle all of your plumbing needs. Whether you're talking about new water lines, general plumbing services, toilet install and repair, sewer drain services, sewer locating, sewer installation, and much, much more. They offer senior citizen discounts, military discounts, and if you tell them that you heard this advert on Perception is Reality, they will give you a hell of a deal. Ladies and gentlemen, if you are in the market for reliable plumbing services, then you must call Mark and Sherry at Reliable Plumbing Services. The home office number is 765-252-3665. That is 765-252-3665. Call today. All right, folks, we're back, episode 170, and Amber and I are here talking about the way we try to stand up for ourselves, whether it's with police officers or elected officials or municipal or county or state or federal employees. When we are interacting with these people, how we behave is very important, and we just listened to a fine example of, in my opinion, a way that you shouldn't behave, and I just feel like things like that tend to hurt the cause a little bit. 
So Amber, what say you about all of this? You're familiar with what we're talking about here. You've seen examples on video like this, right? Yeah, I mean, I've seen it in real life. <laughs> right, right. So what's your opinion of all of this? I think it's just attention grabbing. Yes. It doesn't do anything but hurt the cause. It's like those videos where you will see a person of color who start to film the police because when you see these videos of a <laughs> black man or a black woman who all of a sudden start recording an encounter with the police and they're getting an attitude, you'll hear people say, you know, well, why are you getting an attitude? And then other people will say, well, you don't get to say that because you're white. And okay, maybe I don't, whatever, but I've always felt like when that that happens it hurts their cause well these tend to be a bunch of white folks doing this and I feel the exact same way I feel these people running around doing what they're doing in the way that they're doing it first of all I think it's a waste of time I don't think they're teaching anything I think they're doing it just for notoriety for clicks and to make money it's like a get-rich-quick scheme almost but I feel like they are hurting the cause. If there are really people involved in this that really want to stand up for what's right and really want to teach people to stand up for their rights, I feel like they're hurting themselves and they're hurting the cause doing this nonsense because of the way that they act. I just, it, it, it's grating to me. If I was a person of color, I would say, fight this craziness that's going on film these police, film these encounters, but do so in this kind of behavior. And I will say it to these folks that are running out and doing all this nonsense. Do what you're going to do, but act a certain way so that you're not hurting the cause. And I feel like, for some reason, these folks, like these people that you're hearing in this video and many other videos like it, they don't understand how bad they come off. They think it's funny and people feed into the nonsense and tell them how great they are, but it's just childish in my opinion. So to dissect this, if you're a person and you're walking around City Hall and you're filming for whatever reason, say you want to, I've done that from time to time because I'm going in to film a meeting and somebody walks up and says, may I help you? You don't have to immediately get an attitude. If someone asks you why you're filming, just explain to them, I'm filming because I'm here for a meeting or I wanted to film inside City Hall. You don't have to start screaming when they ask you what you're doing and you pop off with an attitude and get all crazy that immediately sets them on edge and says hey maybe something is going on here oh yeah they immediately get defensive why do you think i need help i don't yeah i know i i can i have i have a first amendment right to be here i'm a i'm a journalist you know they say that immediately or i i'm here auditing you know and then the person, not knowing what's going on, calls the police, because most people would do that. And the police officer or police officers get there and they say, hey, we were called here. We don't really know what's going on, what's happening. You're in the building filming. Can you tell us what you're doing? And the folks that are filming immediately get an attitude. So that sets the police officers on edge. Now the police officers go into police officer mode. They're going to ask for ID, which again sets the people filming off even more 
or, and now we can have a conversation on whether or not the police officers should ask for ID, whether or not the people should give ID. I understand there's a conversation to be had there, and you're definitely in your right to know exactly what is is supposed to happen, what they're allowed to do, what you're supposed to do, what you're allowed to do or not do. I understand all of that. That's not what I'm talking about. Right now, I'm talking about just being a decent human being and not escalating the situation. I understand that police officers need to try to de-escalate the circumstance and what's happening, but you as a citizen can do the same thing. And when you're escalating it by raising your voice, by cussing by calling names and by getting more and more agitated and aggravated all that's going to do is set these police officers off because let's be very clear these officers have other things they could be doing they don't want to be in this building asking you for your id because you're filming they're not trying to stop you from filming the plaques at city hall or the buttons on the elevator they certainly do not give a shit about that there are other things they could be doing hell there are other rights they could be out violating i'm just kidding I'm just kidding. I'm just saying there are other things they could be doing. They don't want to be in this building doing this nonsense. But dispatch sent them there. They got called for a radio call and they have to do this job. They do it several other times during a shift. Somebody calls dispatch. Dispatch calls the police officers and say, can you go to such and such and look into this? Sometimes it's nothing, sometimes it's something, but the police officers have to check it out. That's part of what they do. They're called patrolmen, radio officers, uniformed officers, patrol officers, and that's what they're out doing. Besides serving and protecting, besides looking for other criminal actions, they are answering calls for service. And they deal with many, many citizens during each and every shift. And most of those citizen encounters are easy. They talk with the officers and everybody then goes on their way. The officers get out of the citizens' hair. The officers want the citizens out of their hair. It's boom, bang, pow, quick and easy, except for when these folks are involved and these folks then want to amp everything up for likes on Facebook, for clicks, for subscriptions, because that's what this is all about. It's not about auditing police for first and second amendment da 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 that's all nonsense it's all because people are looking to get famous on youtube that's what i feel like this is most about and the citizens the listeners you guys out there need to know the difference between what we do here and people like that you know i would go as far as saying don't watch their content don't subscribe to their channels don't give them likes and follow and views because all that does is embolden them and then that helps to raise them up to a higher level. Meanwhile, it allows for those that like to knock us to hold us down and to compare us to those folks and say, well, they're just provocateurs. Look at what they're doing. They're causing trouble and that's not it at all. We're trying to educate 
folks on how to make their communities better by citizen involvement and by getting involved and by holding the elected officials and the government officials accountable. These folks are simply looking for money and likes and for fame, I guess. I don't know. I think it just comes down to how people look at government officials or police officers. So, you know, look, we've talked on here many times about how supportive we are of law enforcement, but we can also be hypercritical of that because of our connection to law enforcement as well. But I know that not everybody has the same experience and connection that we have and a lot of people are fearful of law enforcement because it was just ingrained in them or that's how they've always been people just don't like police officers or don't like police officers being around let me ask you this before you were with chris before you were married to chris were you well before that were you pulled over or had you been pulled over or have you had encounters with law enforcement before you were with Chris? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, before you were dating or married to Chris, who is a police officer, how many encounters with law enforcement had you had? Oh, probably like a dozen. Oh my God. Were you a speeder? <laughs> yeah, I guess. A criminal? Yeah. No, no. It was all, it was all like getting pulled over. Speed issues. Okay. So, well, I did have a really shitty boyfriend in high school, so it was not all getting pulled over. I get it. Okay. Okay. Now it makes sense. So it wasn't all because of your criminal activity other than speed or or whatever. Okay. Okay. (laughs) That's hilarious. So during these interactions with you and the law enforcement officers, how did you interact? I mean, so for some context here, Chris and I met when I was 24. <laughs> so all of these like dozen encounters before I met Chris, I was young. Young, right. Teenage. And, and Right. And Chris will be the first to tell you that I apparently hated cops before I got with him. <laughs> um, that's not, that's not true. Um, I didn't love them before I got with him. Um, but I, Most of the time, like, you know, if you're, most of the time it was because I was getting pulled over. Sure. And so, you know, you roll down the window. Do you know why I stopped you today? And if I knew I was speeding, then I would say I was, I was honest. Like, yes, I was speeding. Mm -hmm. But there were a couple of times, like one time in particular, I remember I was on and this, like telling you where I'm at will only apply to local listeners, but I was on 12th Street when that school that's there was still like a working school. Sutton, okay. Yes, thank you. And that is the way that I would take from Selma mm, to mm-hmm. my job. I worked at Marsh on Tillotson mm-hmm. at the time. And I got pulled over like a mile outside of the school zone. Like I was quite a ways out of the school zone. And I got pulled over by a Muncie cop and he he immediately said, you have to know why I pulled you over, right? <laughs> well, and, and it's like 8.15, which when I was, you know, 20 years old and like a freshman or sophomore in college was not, that was too early to be giving me attitude. <laughs> and I, I honestly didn't know why. 
And he said, well, you were going too damn fast in that school zone. <laughs> and I'm I me being who I am. I said, well, too damn fast doesn't quite tell me how fast I was going. Now, does it? <laughs> and looking back now, was that the best response I could have given him? No. Was it deserved given the attitude he gave me? Yes. <laughs> like, that's one thing that I, I will say, being married to Chris, not married to Chris, you're going to get the attitude from me that you give to me. Right. You do not inherently deserve my respect in a traffic stop just because of the profession you chose. <laughs> So if you're going to come at me with attitude like that, you're going to get it back. And funny enough, that was the first speeding ticket I ever got. He said I was going <laughs> 38 in a 20, um, 20 being the school zone. And the thing that I noticed that I really didn't like, and I've, I've noticed this since then too, was that was the... That was the only time I had gotten pulled over wearing a hoodie and a winter coat. <laughs> I know where you're going. Okay. Yep. That, that's, the, that's, all, that's all the farther I'll go with that. <laughs> okay. Um, so there, Needless there, to say, there. when you get in the car, even in the winter, you take your coat off now? <laughs> oh, I don't even wear a coat, but <laughs> like, this was like, this, this was the year that ball state it was the winter that ball state even closed yes temperatures being too low right yeah so it was like wind chill of like negative 20 it was nuts okay okay um but yeah that was that was one of the one of the the i don't know like attitude laden experiences with a police officer um there's been a couple other times and, and anyone, I think anyone in the law enforcement profession or world will tell you there are those, those cops that give all cops that chip on their shoulder, sure. think they're badasses because they have a gun and a badge. And, and that, that equates to cops with bad attitudes. Do not get me confused. That does not equate to, murderous cops that is not what i'm talking about here <laughs> right anyone who's listening and tries to get my words twisted i can assure you you are 100 percent wrong there is a difference between having an ego and being a fucking criminal with a badge right so absolutely yeah when i'm talking like this you're, you're um, absolutely correct there yeah so that was i mean i i i think anyone and and you have to remember too, like maybe that cop that got an attitude with me that morning, maybe maybe he had a bad day. Maybe right. he wasn't a morning person either. Maybe he was used to working afternoons and he suddenly had to work days. Like, sure. I don't know. Like you said, maybe his shift changed. Maybe he was having issues at home. There are a lot of reasons he sure. could have had an attitude. And there have been times, I'm sure there have been times when I was working with the general public that I had an attitude when it wasn't necessarily because of the person I had an attitude with. Right. But I know me and I know my personality. If you come at me that way, I'm not going to come back at you with, 
Oh my God, I'm so sorry, officer. What could I possibly have been doing wrong? Right. Like that's that's not my personality. And if you know me, you know that. You touched on a very important factor right here, and I'm glad that you said that. But before we get into that, I do want to say, as we've talked about in the past, you're not going to find two people more pro-law enforcement than you and I. And now that's not to say that, again, you and I can't be critical of something in law enforcement or when someone does something wrong or they act in a way they shouldn't. We've both been there and we have disagreed about law enforcement before. You and I have fought each other and definitely vehemently disagreed with each other about various aspects of law enforcement. I'm pretty sure that's the reason I'm on the show is because I finally argued with you enough that you were like, right. shit, will you come on? <laughs> right. That is a very good point that you and I have had enough conversations throughout the years that we have been acquaintances that I knew that we agree on many things, we disagree on many things, and we are able to communicate about those things. We are able to communicate while agreeing, we are able to communicate while disagreeing, and we do so well, and I, I think it, it clicks, and that's exactly why I thought, yeah, she would be a good fit for the show. But now, back to your point, you were talking about the level of respect that you gave to the officer that pulled you over because of the level of respect that you felt he gave to you. And that is a very good point. We've talked about that before with other aspects of law enforcement and really with anybody. You know, does someone deserve a certain level of respect or more respect or does a group of people or does a profession like, for example, police officers deserve a certain level of respect more than just regular people or other jobs because of the job that they take or because of who they represent or what they do? Do, you know, do people deserve the same amount of baseline level respect across the board, everybody, and then it goes up and down based on various factors and in your life and their life and, and so on and so forth? Or do they deserve some level of respect higher? And we've talked about that. And, you know, I think that we've come to the understanding or the opinion that no, they don't really necessarily get a certain level of respect higher that we should respect law enforcement officers. And I think that you and I definitely both do. And we feel that others should respect them, but it's like a baseline level of respect, and if they are respectful, then they get more respect from the folks that they interact with, and if they pop out of the car and enter the scenario being an asshole and showing no respect, then it's hard to give that person respect back. And so if his interaction with you would have been more polite, you probably would have been polite. And look, I'm saying that we should respect law enforcement officers. We should respect everyone a certain baseline level of respect. And we all need to understand that people are all living life and we are all going about this together, trying to do the very best that we can. And everybody deals with things that we may or may not know. So we never know what's going on in someone's life. And someone may be having a better day or a worse day than others. And, and who knows what people are dealing with. 
So we should all take that into account. But law enforcement officers have to do that same thing, not knowing what we're up against. And they also need to understand that if they're pulling somebody over, obviously the person's not having a good time right at that moment because nobody likes being pulled over. So they need to understand that. We need to understand all of that. But we also you know, have to understand that they kind of set the tone based on their tone a lot of times and you know then everyone has to basically decide how they're going to react from there so people have to decide okay i'm dealing with a police officer i'm going to give him this baseline level of respect i'm going to give him more respect because he's an officer or i'm going to give him less respect because he's an officer and then everyone will start from there. But I'll tell you something that I feel a lot of people will relate to what you said is when you said that, you know, before you met Chris, you didn't hate cops, but you didn't necessarily like them. Let me, I want to clarify that a little bit. So as I said before, I was 24 when I met Chris. Um, Little funny backstory, I guess. I, like I said, I dated a super shitty person in high school. (laughs) Um, who was a criminal and my mom is someone that you don't play around with and she did not like me dating this person and so she got the cops involved multiple times to try and deter me from dating him and so now looking back like and the best part about this is some of those cops that gave me that initial I don't like cops attitude sure are friends of ours now people that you're friends with sure (laughs) certainly certainly because they were doing their job trying to get 17 year old me to notice that i was dating a piece of shit and now it's funny because i was and i was just too naive to know it this wasn't just like 17 year old me being like fuck the police right like that was that was not why i did not like cops i had a (laughs) view because of decisions that i made that got me to the place that I was. Sure, absolutely. And and look, there are many reasons why someone might grow up not liking the police, you know, and it doesn't mean that they're bad people. It just means when they were children, they were in environments that they might not have been able to help. Maybe there was domestic issues in the home as the children grew up. So this person grows up seeing this police officer coming and always arresting daddy or arresting mommy or arresting some loved one and not knowing what goes on there and so they know every time the police show up someone goes away and people are crying and people are upset and so that puts fear into uh, children as they are seeing this and they grow up having these issues or you know let's just face it police officers aren't coming around telling you that you received a prize or here you won the lottery they're generally there when somebody's having a bad day and so they get kind of this bad rap and and children see this that's why it's important to let children know that police officers are there to help and they're there uh, to to make things better and you should be able to look to police officers for help and and for guidance and and if things are going bad you should be able to count on police officers 
as your friend, you shouldn't scare kids. I don't know how many times when I was a police officer, I would hear parents tell their children, if you don't straighten up, he's going to come over here and get you. And that would always burn my ass. I would always tell children, don't think that we're the good guys. Police officers are here to help you. I never like hearing a parent tell a child that, you know, the police are going to come over here and take you away if you're crying or upset because, let's face it, children cry and they get upset or they act out and they shouldn't be told that the police will come take them away. All that does is instill fear in children of police officers and that does not help anybody. It doesn't help those children and it doesn't help police officers down the road. Now, that being said, obviously, if a police officer is engaging a citizen... That police officer should have a baseline level of respect for that citizen, and they shouldn't come off like they're being a prick, or they've got an attitude, or they hate their job, or they hate these citizens, because all that does is give them a bad name, and it also escalates the scenario and the situation, and they should be mindful of that as well. You know, I I, I just think that it's incumbent on both parties to do what they can to make the situation the best that it can be rather than trying to amp it up and you know we need to be mindful of that I'll tell you there's a story in my life I can remember I, I grew up around law enforcement around police officers and was always you know taught to be respectful and always wanted to be in law enforcement and you know I always was a police officer when I was a little kid and that was always exciting to me however I remember being being about 16, 17 years old, and I remember getting pulled over by a Ball State University police officer. Of course, when I was younger, for some reason, I always looked differently at Ball State police officers than I did the regular city police officers or county police officers or state troopers. I thought for some reason wrongly that they were lesser officers, and they are not. But when I was 16 or 17, I remember getting pulled over, and the officer pulled me over because I was speeding. And when he walked up to the car, the very first thing he said was, I need to see your license and registration. You were speeding. And I knew that I was, but I said before I did anything, I need your badge number and your name. And now he gave it to me, and I don't know why I cocked off and had an attitude, but he gave me this information, and, and he didn't end up giving me a ticket. But I remember when I got home, I told my dad, hey, I got pulled over, and I, first thing I did was I asked for that officer's badge number and his name, and my dad was like, why? Why would you have done a dumbass thing like that. Don't do that. What were you doing? And I said, well, I, he pulled me over for speeding. And my dad said, so he was doing nothing wrong and you were in the wrong? And I was like, yeah. And he said, then don't act like an asshole when the police are dealing with you. That's, that's you know, stupid. There's no reason you should have done that. And I was like, oh. Dad's like, that's one way to get them to have an attitude back with you. And I was like, oh, yeah, I guess... 
I guess that makes sense. And for some reason, I guess just in my teenage brain, I was kind of like sticking it to the man and fighting the power. And I just didn't realize how stupid that was. And from that point forward, even if the police officer was having a bad time, if I ever was dealing with an officer, you know, through high school or college, I was always very polite. Matter of fact, when I'm getting pulled over, generally I know that I'm speeding and if I see that officer start to move, I'm pulling over before they've even got their red and blue lights on and most of the time when I've been pulled over, I've had the police officer walk up and say, how did you know that I was going to pull you over? And I was like, well, I I knew that I was speeding and, and I saw you started to move and that has got me out of so many tickets when I was younger because they were like, oh, well, that's, you know, you you were being honest and, and I didn't have an attitude. Now, I've been pulled over when I became a police officer and, and since, and I've always said something like, oh, I know how it was, you know, and of course, then you get a little bit of professional courtesy there, which is not expected. And, you know, everybody has a job to do. And if I'm doing wrong, I, I completely get it. But I have been in a scenario where I've been a police officer and I've had something going on in my personal life and maybe I acted worse than I should have and I have been on the other side of that as well. So we're all human, but we need to understand that if we both just work to kind of calm things down, it will be better, I, I, I promise. We need to take a quick break. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the 170th episode of Perception is Reality. When we get back, we will continue on this conversation. She's Amber, I'm Chris. We'll be right back. Friends, I can tell you as a musician for the last 25 years whose primary instrument is the drum kit that it has taken a lot of hard work, dedication, and years to make myself as proficient as I feel like I am on that instrument today. During that same time, at various points and dozens of times, I have picked up and also then put down the guitar trying to learn enough to impress my friends, maybe impress a girl, play that really cool cover, or maybe try and write my own music. It's just really tough when you don't have the same kind of dedication that I had on the drums. Maybe you don't have the time, but you'd still like to noodle around. Studies show children that play musical instruments do better in math and science. Are you interested in starting them out early? Are you interested in making a little bit of beautiful noise that doesn't annoy everyone and relieves stress? Well, let me tell you, there is an invention just for you. It's called Bob McNally's Strumstick. Strumstick was invented by Bob McNally. It's a three-stringed musical instrument. It's especially for beginners, but everyone will enjoy it. I have one, and it is a blast. Because of the tuning and the way the frets are spaced, there are effectively no wrong notes. The Strumstick is designed to play in just one key instead of all 12. Look, if you know what that means, you're a musician and you'll love this thing. If you don't know what that means, it doesn't matter because you will love this thing. You really need to check it out. Go to Strum Strumstick.com and check out Bob McNally's Strumstick. You will not be disappointed. All right, 
Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Episode 170, Perception is Reality. Amber and I are here, and we're having an amazing time talking about this topic. We hope that you're enjoying this topic as well. I want to say something real quick because I feel like there are going to be people out there that are like kind of scratching their head, and I want to make sure that people are aware. I am not saying that we should bow down and everybody just let the police or, or anyone else walk over top of us. I definitely want to stand up for my rights, and I am going to keep myself you know, up to date on what the law says about various things. And I'm going to know what my rights are and what a police officer's job is and what my community officials and state officials and federal officials can do and can't do. And I'm going to stand up for myself and stand up for my rights. And I will not let anyone violate my rights anyone, whether they are another citizen, an elected official, a man or woman with a badge, that's just not going to happen. Look, I have filed two federal lawsuits against municipalities, against various officials, and police officers for actions against me uh, alleged, you know, at the time in both of those incidents against two different communities and police officers because of actions that I thought at the time. And I'm very serious about this. I will stand up for my rights and all citizens should stand up for their rights as well. That being said, we have to have common sense about how we go about this. And I have, in my opinion, came out victorious in the things that I do because I don't start off at 11. I don't start off yelling and cussing and screaming. I don't start off with no room to go. I always start off polite and very nice and calm. And that way, if I have to escalate in my options, I have room to go. If you start off acting like an ass, you know, there's just simply nowhere to go. And yes, you as a citizen have a right to record a police officer, whether it's your interaction with them that you're recording or someone else's interaction, you have a right to do that. You can record anywhere in public. You can record a police officer conducting his job as long as you are lawful in what you are doing. You can't go into their house and record them while they're sleeping. You can't go into a crime scene and do all of that. You can't go into restricted areas. You can't break in someplace to record. You have to be someplace that you as a citizen or the public has a right to be, you can record those interactions. You can record your interactions with law enforcement. Yes, you can record City Hall or the county building or the state house. You can record government buildings and around government buildings, and you can record elected officials if you're in public and if the official is in public. Everyone needs to know that, including the officers and the officials and other citizens. You have that right. However, maybe we could do it in a way that we don't come off as the asshole when we're doing what we're doing. And if someone questions us, we don't have to go straight 
off the chain, carrying on, yelling, calling them assholes. We can just simply politely tell them what we're doing and be polite about it. And that would probably end the escalation. And that would be an example of an audit for those officials or those police officers of your First Amendment right to be able to record like that. And it would be an example of a polite audit. It would be something that might help because you would do what you were doing if you politely uh, told those folks who question you what you were doing, then they would probably pass and it would be a great example. Now, you wouldn't get many clicks like that, but it would be a great way to prove that everyone knows what they're doing. If you start yelling and getting crazy, they might push back and find out what exactly you're doing. You seem unstable if you're flying off the handle and acting crazy for no real reason just because you're asked a question, you know. But again, that doesn't get the clicks. A great example of how common sense has to come into play with things like this is an example that I was given during a class that I took once. Uh, and it deals with the Second Amendment and folks that try to test the boundaries with that. I was in a gun law class given by an attorney when I was a police officer, and there was this attorney who was the instructor, and he said that, yes, all of these people that are out walking around doing the open carry, some of them are actually open carrying, and they do it because they're farmers, they do it because it's part of their daily life, they might need a gun for this reason or that reason, because they're out in the woods, or, or various reasons. Then you have these idiots who are just trying to make a name for themselves or, or cause a stink or who knows what they're doing, trying to get rich or, or have their 15 moments of fame. And he was like, yes, I could certainly open carry my AR-15 out and I could be walking around and I'm an attorney and I know the laws and I, I'm specifically a Second Amendment rights attorney, so I know what I can and can't do. And maybe a police department would get a phone call and say that I'm out here and they would respond and maybe there would be newer officers or older officers that aren't keeping up to date on how things are going and they don't know the law the way an attorney knows and so they would get an attitude and yes they might tackle me and yes they might arrest me and they might take me to jail and I would know that they're violating my rights and I could sue them and it could become a big federal rights lawsuit, and it would be a big ordeal. Maybe I would make case law. Maybe I would make millions of dollars, and it would be fantastic. It would be a great testament to the Second Amendment, and it would set law, and it would tell people what you can and can't do, and it would really show these people. Except my wife says, I can't do that. My wife says, this is not going to be the hill that I am going to die on. I am not going to embarrass her by doing this. And we kind of all <laughs> laughed, and he was like, this is something that people need to keep in mind. The Second Amendment says you can do this, and you would have protections under the law, but maybe your wife says that you can't do this. And happy wife, happy life. If you want to push this, 
maybe you need to realize what kind of embarrassment it might be for this person or that person. And now he was being facetious, obviously, but but there is some seriousness to what he's saying there. Obviously, you have to decide what you're going to do. And these folks that are out here making these YouTube videos that are flying off the handle and being unrealistic, yes, if you're walking through a park that's four blocks from a school with a gun in your hand that's tied to your arm that you can't remove with a black trench coat on, people are probably going to call the police on you. And the police are probably going to roll up as many deep as they possibly can because they don't want to be shot and killed by some nut. Now, they don't know that you're a nut. They don't know that you're not a nut. But they have to make connection with you and they have to find out what's going on and try to determine what's happening and common sense has to come into play here if you immediately start yelling this is my right this is my right they're going to get agitated as well but remember these people are doing this for clicks they're not doing this to make a lawful video where they're trying to teach things. They're just simply interested in clicks, likes, downloads, subscriptions, and the money, money, money that that allows them to make off of idiots that watch this and they think that this is something special they're doing. If you want to be an activist in the Second Amendment rights issue, then talk to the people who are already activists in that group and, and see about going to a rally. Talk to an attorney. Find out if you can talk to representatives or senators in your state to find out about constitutional carry or various things that you might be able to do that way. Write your state representatives and your state senators. Write the United States Congress. Do things like that. Don't go out and make a video where you may or may not get yourself shot because you're trying to prove a point that police officers are going to roll up many deep if you're carrying around a gun in a park with kids around. That's just kind of common sense. The problem is, however, these people don't tend to have a lot of common sense. Talking about these types of people, it made me think of the uh, sovereign citizen. Oh, yes. It's, it's the same. It's slightly different. But it's the it, same, the same concept. Those same kind of people. If you go and you type that phrase in on Google or YouTube and look for sovereign citizen or sovereign citizens, you will find hundreds upon hundreds of thousands of maybe millions of videos and pages of folks that are acting just completely out of their mind saying things like, I did not consent to be born. I did not consent for my parents to name me a name and for that name to be typed in all capital letters on a birth certificate. I am not a corporation. I did not consent for the United States government to assign to me a number which they call a social security number so that they can identify me as a corporation. I respond only as a free man traveling upon the highway system. I am not someone who 
needs a driver's license or a fishing license, which I kind of agree with the fishing license. I do not need a registration or insurance, and I believe only in the Constitution, which I agree with there, and the Magna Carta. And then they just completely get off in these wild antics. Now, let me be very clear. I am somewhat, and when I say somewhat, a little bit of a lot of a libertarian, and I believe in a lot of the idea of liberty and freedom and the government backing the hell out of the citizens' lives and letting us just exist in peace and allowing us to continue on in life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I agree with a lot of that, and I understand people's right and the desire for folks to want to try to live off the grid and be outdoors and hunt and fish to provide the meat and the food that they eat and that their family eats, and I understand and respect people who attempt to do that. However, you you gotta be common sense with it all, and when you're driving and, and you're getting drunk and you crash into someone and you say, well, I don't need a driver's license or I don't need to have insurance because I'm traveling and not driving, you know, okay. And then beyond that, these people that have these YouTube channels, that's really what gets me about this. I feel like the people who are living off the grid and are true sovereign citizens out making their way in the world and they're out there doing the whole life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness are doing it without having a production crew and a camera and having to take multiple takes to have this footage so they can edit and put together uh, on YouTube or other channels. I feel like those people are out there just living life and no one ever knows about them. These people that have these YouTube channels, I feel like, again, they are provocateurs and they're out here just trying to kind of quote-unquote get away with something and if they can also get some fame for it or make some money from YouTube off of it, well, then hell, they're going to do that too. And they all just, again, make the people who really are living this way look like crazies, and they tie us all in. Hell, the FBI calls these people extremists now, and I don't know that libertarians or folks that want the government to back the hell out of their lives or that want to smoke a plant or that want to own guns to protect themselves and their family, I don't think that these people are extremists. I think that there are people that take it to extremes and that can be extremists, but then you have that in every aspect of everything, and you seem to have the ability to uh, have these nuts in all aspects that film it, and they hurt all causes when they act like that on film for people to see and comment on, but... Again, I kind of digressed from there, but yeah, that that is a whole nother thing that's very similar to this that, again, I think hurts the movement. There's no reason to act like an asshole or a freak and to film it for others to have commentary on that then people can try to assign you to a group so that they can put you down and meanwhile put 
good meaning people down like myself. Again, people try to attach me in these groups because I stand up to the government and I report on what the government does and I have opinions and commentaries and I want to be free and I want others to be free. And I don't believe in any of this craziness uh, of trying to do something just for likes. I'm out here trying to teach people how to engage and and make their government a better place by knowing the laws and what their rights are and by knowing what these government officials and police officers and everyone else are allowed to do and what they're not allowed to do and what we as citizens are allowed and not allowed to do. That's just common sense. Basically, I'm preaching and what we preach here is have common sense in this all. We're not out here trying to make a scene just for clicks. Yes, I want listens and I want people to listen to this because I feel like we have a good message here, but I'm not doing this to be a provocateur. Look, the main thing is that everyone should study this stuff. We should all have at least a basic understanding of government and politics, and we should all have a really good understanding of our rights and what those rights mean and what we can do and what we can't do. And along with that, I believe we should have a really good understanding of what the police can do and what they can't do. That's how we stand up for our rights, not by making YouTube videos, but by simply knowing what is right and wrong and what we can and can't do and what they can and can't do. And if you want to take it further, knowing what the elected officials can do and can't do and engaging with those elected officials and making it political and knowing what goes on in your community and your state and in the federal government, that's all important. I believe that's very important. It's very important for the elected officials to study and to know. I feel like there are a lot of people who are elected and in government that don't have a good understanding. I feel like there are a lot of police officers who really don't have a full grasp on civil or criminal law. I know that police officers do not engage in civil law. However, if police officers would study longer and better and, and have a better understanding of civil law, they would know what they don't do and what they can't do, and they would know how not to trample on citizens' civil rights. And if they would study and be made to learn more and continuing education in criminal law, they would be better. I mean, if you think about it, and I'm not knocking police here, police go to the academy. It's 15 weeks, and then one week is the graduation week. So 15 weeks, okay? And then there are state mandates that they have to take CPR and hazardous waste and firearms and defensive tactics and emergency vehicle operations and all of that. And that's basically that. Then they're just out on the road and their experience helps them build a knowledge base of what they're doing out in the world. They don't go through tons and tons and tons of advanced criminal law courses. I feel like that's very important. When I was a police officer, I took all of the extra training like that that I could. If there was something that I could pay for out of pocket, I did it. If the department could send me to training, I went to it. If it was something that I needed to try to raise money for, by God, I did it. I went to all of the training because I'm a nerd. You know, it's something that interests me. 
I've always been that way. I still study on all of this stuff, and I read up on civil law, and I have criminal code books, and I do that for Indiana and for various other states because I'm interested in it. Now, I know not all people are going to go to that extreme, but everyone should have some kind of an understanding on what they have going, and especially if your career is in this field, if you have a career where because of what you do, you possibly have the ability to take someone's freedom away from them by locking them in a cage, putting them in jail, then you should damn well know civil and criminal law. If you have a career that because of that career, you could take somebody's life away from them, meaning there could be police action shooting or there could be some kind of police action where it could result in someone's death legally, meaning the police were in the good, but you still have that ability, then you should damn well know use of force and, and the laws behind that and everything that goes into that, both civil and criminal aspects of it, local ordinances and state laws and federal laws. You should be very well versed in that, and we should demand training in this. And this is something else that I'm going to say that I don't know a lot of other people uh, agree or disagree, you know, especially people on the right. I feel like law enforcement officers should do yearly continuing education in mental health and psychological health and, and have a very vast knowledge of all of that as well so that they can engage people and deal with people out in the community who are dealing with mental health issues. We don't see a lot of that. There's a big push right now for social service workers to be hired on police departments. And the people are saying, well, you can't send those people out into the field because they're not police officers. They'll get hurt. They'll get killed. You can't send a social worker to uh, a murder. You can't send a social worker to a domestic violence case. And, and I agree to a lot of that. There might be some aspects that social workers could go to specific calls. But I think the first step would be Instead of putting an unarmed, non-police officer social worker in the field, you could train police officers in social work aspects and in mental health situations. And again, while they're doing that, they definitely should be very well versed in civil and criminal law. And I'll give you a perfect example. When you have a police officer who's going to a standby, this is something that officers do quite frequently. You will have a husband and wife that are going through a divorce or a boyfriend and girlfriend who are moving out from each other. And you'll have one person who's staying in the house and one of the couple that's going someplace else and they will call for an officer to come and stand by as they move items out. Well, that is a civil issue. And if you go there and you want the officer to stand by as you grab things and the people are both very agreeable, that's normally not an issue. But when you get there and the person who's moving out says, well, I want the TV and I want the dog and I want the record player and the other person who 
who's staying there says, uh-uh, they don't get the dog and the record player and the TV. They just get their clothes. The police officers oftentimes will say, hey, this is not something that we're involved with. This is a civil matter. We can't get involved. You're going to have to go to court. And the people don't understand that, and they get mad. They're like, well, we want to take this. This is mine. I bought the record player. I bought the dog. And the officer's like, look, you can take your clothes and the toothbrush. And the officer is in the right when he or she is saying that. When you get officers who start saying, well, you can take this and this and this, or we'll do this or this or that, that's when they're crossing the line. And what they're doing there is not good because that is all civil. That's not what police officers do. And then the record player, like, did they get divorced in 1960? (laughs) It's coming back. (laughs) I've lost two record players in two divorces. Forces, I'll have you know. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, shit. No, no. I've, I've lost two good record players in the last several years of my life. So, no, it could be recently, asshole. Uh, <laughs> getting back on point, as you're aware, if I would have said, hey, I want these as I leave before the divorce would have happened, the police officers had to have said, nope, they have to stay here and you have to fight this out in court. We can't get involved. And that's just a little small issue. There are plenty of other areas where officers could be overstepping their bounds or doing things that they really shouldn't be doing simply because they may not know totally what the rule is or what's going on because it's a civil issue or hell they're not even brushed up on some of the areas of criminal law that's why a lot of people don't know this but each year the prosecuting attorneys uh, council and all of the prosecuting attorneys throughout Indiana Uh, And I'm sure in other states they do the same thing, but specifically speaking to the listeners here in Indiana, release these criminal code books that have all of the new criminal law updates along with all criminal codes to all police officers that police officers get handed out to them and they carry these around in their cars and I always would go through these and study this like an absolute freaking nerd and could rattle these off and there would be officers from my department and other departments that would call me to ask specific very strange codes because I just was crazy about this stuff but not all officers are like that and You know, when it's something this serious, I really believe that they should be, you know, crazy about learning all of this because it makes them better. I, You know, that's just that's my personal belief. All right. So we need to get ready to wrap this up. I just wanted to talk about these people that make these videos because I get them sent to me. We see them all across all types of social media and they just really irritate me because they're hurting the cause. They're making these people quote unquote YouTube famous or they're getting them their 15 minutes of fame. They're making some money on this, but they're not doing anything for teaching people how to stand up for themselves or teaching people the rights they need to be standing up for or need to be learning about. They're not doing anything to teach folks how to better engage 
engage with law enforcement and better to interact with law enforcement. They're not doing anything to help the situation. They're doing so much to hurt. They hurt the cause. They make those people look stupid. They tie them in with real people out here, talk radio and people like you and I and and people who are trying to get people to be better citizens and to understand what's important and to be able to pick your battles and know what you should stand up for and what you should fight against and what you can kind of let go along the wayside. You know, that's the reason I wanted to cover this. And so, listen, no one can ever say that I don't believe people should stand up for themselves, stand up for the Constitution, stand up for liberty. I'm not ever going to be accused of someone who lays down and won't stand up for freedom of speech or the right to bear arms or the the freedom to be protected against unwanted search and seizure. Look, I am there for the fight for anyone, no matter what the case is. If, if someone's constitutional rights are being hampered i'm in with that person on their fight i'm there i will fight to the death i will fight to the end because if we don't have those rights then we have nothing and that's maybe a little crazy to some people or people feel that's like hyperbole but it's not that is really the way i feel and i think as americans it's the way that we should all feel that said you know i I need to be very clear that again what these weirdos that are doing this for likes and subscriptions and youtube fast cash money and fame those people are really just not doing it for me and they they really grate my nerves and we should stop buying into their crap again i appreciate people who stand up for all of our rights not just the first amendment right not just the second amendment right and look i'm not discounting those when i say that because those two rights are in first place and second place Uh, they're at the top of the list for two very important reasons because they are very very important but so are all of the other rights The right to be free from unwarranted search and seizure. The right to not have to incriminate oneself. The right to not have unreasonable punishment. The right to have a speedy trial. All of these things and many more are what is absolutely definitive of what makes us America and a free and amazing country and we need to dial in to all of this not just jump on the bandwagon and be all out there making videos and trying to get popular and famous because we're talking about the first and the second amendment because those are buzzword and and those are hot button topics that really fire people up you know I really don't ever hear many people going on and on and on about our Fourth Amendment right or the Sixth Amendment right or the Eighth Amendment right. You know, you never really hear people talking about all of that. And they are all as important 
as each other. They are what make up the Bill of Rights, and they're what make up the Constitution, and the entire Constitution, and all of our founding documents are important to help keep us in check against whatever might be out there, whether it's rogue law enforcement or rogue political figures or whatever we may face, keeping our rights is important. Standing up for ourselves and our rights is important. Knowing how to engage within the political system and our governmental systems here in America, whether we're talking about federal, state, or local, that's all important. Knowing how to interact politely and sternly and, and to where we don't bow down to law enforcement is important. Being respectful is also important, but we need to be able to do this with common sense and we need to be able to do it with an educated mind. That's why I say all the time, education, education is so, so very, very important because that's how we can know what we're talking about and feel comfortable in what we're talking about. And it's what helps us be able to know that we have the confidence to do what we need to do to stand up for these rights, to stand up for ourselves, and to make sure that we aren't being bullied over and that the government, whether that be elected officials, the police, prosecutors, courts, or whatever, is just plowing over us because that is... Certainly, certainly what we must fight against, because I'm telling you, it's crazy. It's crazy, but sometimes they will try to overreach their their powers. It happens all the time, and we're going to start seeing it more and more as we progress along, because that's just kind of the nature of the beast, and we need to know how to better fight for ourselves and fight for our rights. And let me tell you, it might be by recording your interactions and recording meetings and recording your interactions with police officers. And it might be standing firm, but it also includes being polite. It certainly doesn't include being an idiot and doing something just for some YouTube fame and to make a scene just to be making a scene. That doesn't help anyone. It doesn't help you. It doesn't help the cause. It hurts us, matter of fact. And it's not something that I, I, I agree with. It's not something that I subscribe to. And if you're out there... You are more than welcome to contact me, contact the show for anything. You can send me any post, send me any link, send me any video. But if you're going to send me something where someone is taking on an elected official or taking on a police officer and they're just going crazy and they're not using common sense, you can send it. But just please don't tell me that you think that what they're doing is similar to what we're doing here because that's not it at all. We're not here for the 15 minutes of fame or for the attaboys or to make bunches of money. We're here to teach. We're not here for the whole social media experience. You know what I mean? I think it's all part of the like the the social media culture, whether it's YouTube or TikTok or any video platform. Everyone knows that if you get popular enough, even just for a short time, you're going to get paid. 
And that means you don't have to have a job anymore. So <laughs> if they can get rich by posting on TikTok or posting on YouTube, harassing the police or pretending, you know, to, to be this or that, then they're going to do it. Right. And, and people are so, the thing that gets me is half of these videos, like, don't get me wrong. What you're talking about is real. These people are real. They do these things. But a lot of, a lot of the, like the more dramatic videos or argumentative videos, um, especially if law enforcement is not involved, if it's like, you know, we're at city hall or we're a lot oh, of yeah. those videos are staged. Yeah. Because the general public is too damn stupid to know better and they know they're still gonna get clicks sure. like which is how they get paid. It's like painful. I'm like, if this were a soap opera, you'd be talking about how bad the acting is. But because it's on TikTok, you're like, Oh, it's great. Like I'm glad you mentioned that because I've watched videos where we're supposed to be seeing a police officer pulling a car over and the people inside are recording this event. And at some point, the police officer gets out of control, gets angry, starts yelling, starts cussing, starts being racial or whatever's going on. And we're supposed to be enraged about this and be mad, but then something strange will happen. They will get to a part in the video where you'll just for a second be able to see the police officer's gun belt, and he'll have a uniform on or she'll have a uniform on, and there will be a gun belt, but then just for a split second, you'll be able to see the person who is the quote-unquote police officer won't have a gun in the holster or their badge isn't a badge from like a city. It will say security officer. So these are things that you probably weren't supposed to see. However, you can just barely see them if you are watching and the general public might not pick up on that. They'll see a badge, a star, a shield, and not really know what it says, or they'll see all of the equipment on the duty belt, but not pick up on the fact that there's no gun in the holster. And let me be very clear, no cop is making a traffic stop without a gun, and no cop is wearing a badge that says security officer that anybody can get offline. So these are faked videos specifically for the outrage and again showing that a whole lot of this is done just for the clickbait YouTube social media craze social media fame and a lot of times like you said it's very bad acting and it's over the top however yet it does what it's intended to do it gets the creator YouTube, Facebook, social media fame, and it creates outrage and and hatred towards law enforcement. And that that's all nonsense. So I'm glad that you brought that out because a lot of this can also be fake news. So you have to watch for that as well. And before anybody says it, it's not illegal for someone to film 
a clip and put it up on YouTube acting like they're a police officer and doing all of that. They might say that it's for entertainment purposes only or it's artistic or whatever. And there's nothing wrong with doing that. Now, I think that it's stupid, but being stupid is not against the law. You know, I guess people are allowed to be stupid if they want. But what we need to do is we need to know how to watch for that and how not to give give to that not to make those people better because they're essentially lying to us and trying to get you worked up or others worked up based off of some bullshit fantasy or or nonsense and and there's people who would film something like that because they are film students or they're trying to make art or trying to make a movie or or who knows, kids being stupid or whatever or someone doing something for a college class and someone can take that clip and upload it at a different site for a nefarious purpose and they might not include the tag for entertainment purposes only or whatever. And so you just have to watch. Remember, it's the internet and anything is possible on the internet. Anyone can be anybody and you have to be watchful that you're not being duped. And keep in mind that there are plenty of real people out here doing this, but just because it's a real situation doesn't necessarily mean what you're watching is good. And, you know, like I said, and I've said the whole way through, I think a lot of this actually can hurt the cause. It's just simply not something that I buy into, and you should really question whether or not you should buy into it, too. I feel really strongly about that, and one thing that you can do so that you'll know that you're good is just keep it tuned here to Perception is Reality. Check us out always. Engage with us on the social medias. Check in with the home link at perception.fireside.fm or listen to us on your favorite podcast hosting site and help spread the word because we are sincere here. You might not always agree with us, but we will allow you to disagree. We will also allow you to debate us. We're not just trying to jam it down your throat and say, that's it, that's all, it's our way and there's no other way out there. We are open to civil discourse here. I am not trying to just brainwash you. I'm not trying to get you riled up and to do something that I don't believe in or that I don't think or that you shouldn't think is good. My purpose here is to further my education, further my knowledge, and hopefully help you further your education and your knowledge with all of this. My goal here is to open lines of communication, to communicate with all of you, to allow all of you to communicate with us. And then I want for all of us to help better all of this system. It's not hard. We better ourselves. We better those around us. We better our our workplace, we better our community, we better our cities and our towns, we better our counties, we better our states, we better the United States government, and then we better the world. And I know it sounds cheesy, I know it sounds hokey, but we can do it. It just 
takes you getting educated, getting active and involved, and you can make a difference. One person can make a difference. 10 people can make a bigger difference. 100 people can make even bigger of a difference. But it takes us getting active. It takes us to be educated. And it takes us to start. And we don't have to wait until we know it all. We can start right now, start right today. And one way you can help start to make a difference is by sharing this podcast with those that you love and care about. Let's help build this platform so we can all learn ways to better our station in life, to better our communities, to better our governments, to better everything around us by our citizen involvement. All right. Well, co-host lady, I think that's probably a pretty good place to wrap this up. Uh, how's business life treating you? Good. Good. Fantastic. Everything is, everything is coming in for the holidays. So when you're shopping for friends, family this year, um, please remember to shop local, not just my business. Um, there are plenty of local businesses in and around Delaware County that will be more than prepared for you to come shop for the holidays. So I know people are starting that early with all of the blue about, you know, are things going to get here? I can assure you that my stock is here. So come see us at Fate Style Studio in Yorktown. Fantastic. And how can people find you on social media? Facebook and Instagram. Um, these store pages are both at Fate Style Studio on both of those platforms. And then as always, you can find me on Facebook. It's Amber Green. Green has an E at the end. Very good, folks. You know how to get in contact with me. You can do so at the studio line by text or call 765-546-9796. Again, that's 765-546-9796. You can also email me at khbilbury at gmail.com or hit me up on the Facebooks at Christopher H. Bilbury on Facebook or facebook.com forward slash bilbury318. As always, share the show with everyone you know and remind them that we can be found literally everywhere. Any place that people listens to podcasts, they can find us by searching Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey. We will be there. If we're not, let me know, but we will be. Also, don't forget the home link, perception.fireside.fm perception.fireside.fm All right, you guys take care of yourselves, take care of one another, be safe. God bless each and every one of you. I hope you all have a good rest of the day or night or whenever it is that you're listening to this. You guys are amazing and we'll look forward to talking to you all again real soon. See you later. You've been listening to Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey. Bilbrey. Tune in, like, and subscribe at perception.fireside.fm. Hook up on Facebook at facebook.com backslash bilbrey318 and on Twitter at PISRBilbrey. Email khbilbrey at gmail.com or get off your butt and call the show at 765-546-9796. Till next time, remember... Perception, Perception is, is reality. Reality. This has been Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey, where we aim for better government through citizen involvement.